So here we are. Beautiful fall morning. I love fall. Fall's great. Life begins to slow down a little bit. And the mania of Christmas starts overriding Thanksgiving. Yes, I started my Christmas shopping already. So. Huh? Oh, we should uh, let's invite the Lord. God, we just we thank you for this day and uh, for this place that we could come and, and gather with the saints. It's a blessing to us, Lord, to to get to gather together, to to be a part of uh, your body and a part of your people. And God, we appreciate that you've called us to this place. God, we're mindful that uh, uh, that we are, are here at your choosing and your invitation, Lord God, and and uh, we're grateful, God, and we have accepted your invitation most gratefully. And God, we just pray that. Today, God, that you would say what you want to say, do what you want to do in this place. God, I, I lose faith in this place. God, and I bind every every doubt and, and fear and turmoil and, and everything that would rob from your people from receiving the, the words that you have for us. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. So, how many of you know that our the United States has been at war for like, I don't know, 14 years now? The, the war on terror doesn't seem like it though, does it? You know, when you're, I mean, we're just kind of insulated and comfortable where we are. You know, and sometimes I think the spirit realm is kind of like that because we're at war. You know, and and I think we're all aware of that, but it's uh, the peace of God seems to uh, sometimes make us feel so insulated that we kind of forget. That, that we're at war. And uh, I know sometimes my life just feels comfortable and blessed and smooth and I, I forget that you know, there are things to be done and, and, uh, and all that. But you know, because you know, Christianity is not a uh, take your ease and relax kind of, kind of thing. It's, uh, it's like being a soldier at, at wartime. And so... You know, the Bible says to uh, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And oftentimes um, we, we say boo to the devil when he, when he tries to mess with us and he doesn't go away. And so we kind of give up on that verse awfully fast. You know, because he says resist the devil and he will flee from you. But when he comes, to, when he comes calling and you tell him boo and he doesn't go away, he just kind of looks at you like, boo, huh? Uh, and, I, and I think we've all had those those moments uh, where you were dealing with somebody and you kind of said something to them and they just looked at you like, really? Is that really what you did? You really just say that? I, I just can't take you seriously like that, you know. And uh, <clears throat> and so we we learn to to resist them. Um, uh, I, I looked up this. Uh, definition for the word resist, uh, and I, I thought it was really quite insightful. It says, uh, to withstand the action or effect of something, to prevent by action or argument, to succeed in ignoring the attraction of something, or to struggle against someone or something. I thought, well, all four of those are really great for the idea of resisting the devil, because it has with it this sense of with of withstanding it has this idea of endurance yeah, yeah. you know when you when you withstand something it doesn't mean that you make it go away it means that you you deal with it until it goes away and so that's a that's a different kind of idea because how many of you know that when when you feel that turmoil of the enemy coming against your mind to try and drag you down you just want him to go away and you want him to go away right now you know, and and so we all feel that, and 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 he likes to play with that and make you feel like, well, I'm I'm still here. You want me to go away? You're you're doing everything you can think of, and I'm still here. And uh, and he likes to try and and shake your confidence that that he's going to go away. Because if you resist him long enough, you will. It's like like having a it's like having a, a little child that wants something from you. 
and they just they they're not going to quit until they get what they want. You know, and uh, I, I was talking to my kids about that uh, the other night. You know, it's like God wants us to do that with Him in prayer. You know, he, he He said, just keep asking me until you get it, until you get an answer, some sort or another. Uh, I, I read this thing the other day that says God answers prayer. Sometimes He says yes, sometimes He says no, sometimes He says really. <laughs> Sometimes my kids ask for things and I think, really? Okay. I didn't see that coming. But, uh, um, you know, it's like, a, like when, a, when a, a, a child throws a fit, it's like they're timing you to see how long they have to push on you until you quit and give them what they want. And so if you give up after 33 seconds, then the next time you tell them no, then their little timer starts going in, in their mind, and they're thinking, "Okay, I just have 30. I'm going to put in my 33 seconds. So I'm going to get my cookie." Wow. You know, and and uh, you know, parenthood is about training your children, but they train you as well. And uh, um, so, you know, the devil is like that. If he know, if he thinks that he, if he just talks long enough that you'll just quit, then he'll just talk until you quit. He doesn't just go away at the snap of a finger, but but you you resist him, you withstand what he's bringing because you know that if you do, he he can't win over you. He has to quit. He has to leave. It's just you have to make up your mind that you're going to outlast him. So go with me to First Peter chapter five. Right after Hebrews and James. At one time, I actually had all these memorized and I could just rattle them off. You can see how it didn't really stick with me because I had to look for it. So, so verse 8 in 1 Peter 5. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour whom resist steadfast in the faith knowing that these same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world so he's talking about paying attention being taking life serious taking the moment serious because like i said sometimes we feel insulated and peaceful where things are at but you know the uh the soldiers, or all the sailors uh, stationed at Pearl Harbor felt safe. And all of a sudden, this catastrophe comes on. And, and so that's, that's how the devil likes to fight. He doesn't like to fight you fair out in the open. He likes to ambush you when you're not expecting it. You know, he doesn't play fair. And so, so he's, he's telling us, be sober and be vigilant. Pay attention. And he says, uh, he calls him a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. If you go back to Job chapter 1, it says that there was a day when the sons of God presented themselves and Satan was there. And God said, where, where have you been? What have you been doing? And he says, oh, I've been wandering around to and fro in the earth, up and down. So from the very beginning, we see this is kind of, this was his thing. I like to just wander around. I'm looking for an easy target. Looking for somebody that would be easy to pick off. Because he doesn't mind fighting with you if you're tough, but he'd rather fight with somebody that's, that's easy pickings. You know, I mean, that, you see that in nature. You know, even uh, uh, you know, all those, uh, the predators in the, in the African savanna, they like to pick off the stragglers at the back because it's easier. And so, so he, he tells us, you know, this is, how, this is how our enemy does things. So pay attention. And the Bible also says that we're not ignorant of his devices. And we talked about that in Second Corinthians, and he, and he was talking about not allowing upsetnesses in uh, and things like that. And he says, you know, you know, forgive one another for Christ's sake, you know, because we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. Because if he can get in there and create upsetness and and cause you to break ranks, then that that's really problematic. But but we understand how he works. Uh, you know the psalm says, "Surely in vain is the net spread in the sight of any bird." 
You know, God, God warns you of these things if, if, you'll, if you'll pay attention. Sometimes even if you're not paying attention, honestly, he'll, he'll warn you, hey, heads up, there's this thing coming at you. You might want to fly over it. You know, they, they have spiders in the rainforest that can make a web big enough to catch a bird. And so, which is disconcerting to say the least. But, um, but you know, that's, if the bird saw it coming, it wouldn't fly into it, it'd fly over it or under it or, or whatever. Um, let's see. Where was I at? So be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist, I like that word resist, steadfast in, in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren in the world. So, so I like that because he talks about resisting the devil with faith. You know, because you, you have to have that shield of faith uh, and that helmet of salvation. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But that's a part of how we, we resist him. You know, and, and I like it because it's not even so much like you're taking the battle to his gate here. This is just you're just resisting. You're just uh, defending. You know, and uh, um, uh, to me, it, it makes me think of of uh, like those those big paintings you see of the the lighthouse on the cliff and the waves are crashing and stuff. And you know, the the waves are crashing and making all this noise, and they're certainly hitting the shore hard, but it's not. It's not doing anything to it. It's still there, and, and and the lighthouse is still there, and and so that that to me is what resisting is is about. It's about standing there, withstanding and enduring the thing that comes, and uh, uh, and it's like it's like waiting for a storm to pass over, and and it's not a it's not a helpless thing. It's not a resigning myself to oh well this is just what's going to happen. But, but in reality, you do have to, you have to deal with what is, is real in the moment. And so when, when you have that, that battle at hand, you know, if, a, if a, uh, the bully comes to find you after school and pick on you on the walk home, you can't tell him, hey, I actually need a break. Just a second time out, I need to go home and I'd like to change and... Uh, Take my prize hat and and leave it at home and 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 then we can do our thing. Then you can thump around on me. It doesn't work that way. And uh, so so you have to deal with with what's there, what's happening right now. And and uh, and so one of the things that he likes to do, uh, just like he did with Job, you see this in Job. He he comes to you know. Uh, when he when he tells God, well, I've been wandering around looking for somebody to pick on, then God uh, just nonchalantly suggests the the hardest person for the devil to to defeat. He's like, well, you know, just, just think about Job. And so Satan's like, oh yeah, Job, yeah, like yeah, of course I thought about Job, but I can't get to him. He's your little your little buddy. And and he like you know he just he loves you to bits because you've just blessed him to pieces and you know that's that's why he likes you you know you know the story so God says okay fine and so uh, you know I mean he he left Satan come after him with with both barrels blazing but but he still sets a bound he sets a, he sets a boundary that that Satan cannot pass over because even you know he's like. He, you know, he tells him, "Yep, mess with this stuff all you want. You know, just leave him alone personally." So Satan does that, and he's like, "Well, sure, but you know, if you'd like me to do something to him." So God says, "Okay, go ahead, just don't kill him." And uh, that's kind of an interesting parenting style, isn't it? Like, oh, well. You know. I heard this guy once say that uh, you know I never forget forget the day my dad taught me how to swim. I thought I'd never get out of that bag. And all the kittens kept scratching me. I love that story. What's really funny about it too is people are always more horrified about the bag, the kittens being in the bag, than the kid. But 
But you know, but I'm not saying that God's capricious, but you know, he's he says, Okay, well you know, why don't you have at him? Just don't kill him. And and so you know, because God was proving Job and, and trying what was in his heart and, and he and he, he brought glory to himself through the things that Job went through and it's the book is really instructive for us because he has these friends that come to him with all these great sounding things that are really just fluff. It's really not the right thing. And and in fact that's what God says to them. He's like he, he says, I'm I'm unhappy with you guys because you didn't tell Job the right things about me. Because you kept telling him that surely all this stuff is because he did something bad. And that's exactly what Satan did when he came at him with all that stuff because the servant comes to Job and, and tells him that fire fell from heaven and consumed your, your, your sheep. And, and this great wind came up and blew the house over and killed all of your children. And, and so it would appear that, that all these things came from God. And of course they didn't. But it tells you that how Job resisted that all that stuff that happened to him, he resisted the devil by saying, uh, you know, naked did I come out of the womb? I, I didn't bring anything with me. I'm not bringing anything out. You know, he, he's given, he's taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It says, through everything that happened, um, he, he didn't ascribe folly to God. You know, and sometimes things in our life happen. It's like, well, that was dumb. That didn't make any sense. And, uh, but Job, he says, no. He said, I'm not, Whatever, you know, he, he tells his wife, he says, we've received good from the hand of God, shall we not receive evil? He's like, but what if this is God? Then, then I, I trust him, and, and he'll make it plain to me. He, he said at one point, he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. So, so the devil just came at him with everything he had, and, and Job was hurting, and he talked about it. Uh, and, and he, he was confused and he wanted answers, but he resisted the devil with his, his faith in, in God's love and favor towards him. So he says, Resist in the, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So, the same afflictions are happening to everybody else. Because doesn't it always feel like, oh, it's just me. This must just be me out in left field. I must have been one of the stragglers because now all this stuff is happening to me. And, uh, you know, I, I come to church and everybody else looks like shiny, plastic, happy people. And, and, uh, and I, I come to church and, and I put on my, my, my plastic face, but, but I'm hurting here. And, and it doesn't appear that anybody else is hurting like I'm hurting. It doesn't appear that anybody else has the same kind of problems that I have. And, uh, and, what, and what Peter's saying here is he, he says when, you know, when, the, when the devil wants to make war with you, you've got to understand that it's not just you. That it's happening to everybody. That, that everybody goes through these same things. Nobody has more... You know, nobody gets a pass on these things. Nobody gets the pass go. Nobody gets the get out of jail free card. Everybody is going to go through these same things. Um, uh, Spurgeon said that uh, uh, God had uh, he had one son without sin, but he didn't have any sons that weren't tempted. He didn't have any sons that weren't tested, that weren't tried, and so. So those things will happen to all of us. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while, and we love that, suffering for a while, make you perfect, establish, <coughs> strengthen, and settle you. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So you see in that that... Uh, the, the very purpose of God for your life uh, is at least in part accomplished through the devil coming against you. And so we learn to resist him. We learn to fight with him because Job didn't do anything that brought on all the stuff that happened to him. 
the Bible says he was a perfect man that 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 loved God and eschewed evil. And and when the, the devil wanted somebody to pick on, God said, okay, well, how about Job? I'll pick on Job. And it wasn't because he didn't like Job. He wasn't unhappy with Job. But uh, but he knew that that he could accomplish something in Job's life uh, through that very thing. And so, so when the enemy comes against you with things, then you learn to resist them. You learn to, to fight through it. And, it. and it really, it does establish you and strengthen you and settle you because it it forces you to find things in the Word of God that you have to stand on. Because, you know, it's, it's one thing to just kind of float, float on down the river, go through life. God loves me. I love God. I go to church. Life is grand. And... <laughs> And then, and then the enemy comes in like a roaring lion. You know, but the Bible says that when he does come in like a flood, that the, that the Spirit of the Lord would raise up a standard against him. So, so you go digging in the Word for something to stand on. And uh, um, you know, I, I I read this story. I probably told you about it before about this woman that her daughter had cancer, and she just. She was so riddled with tumors, there was really nothing they could do. And she was young, elementary school age. And uh, and she loved God. This little girl loved God. And uh, and so she would lay in bed at home, because they, they sent her home. And, and her mom would just sit and read to her out of the Bible and uh, until she would go to sleep. And uh, And one day, this woman is thinking, I just... I don't get this. This doesn't make sense to me. I don't see how this. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know what God is doing through this. But but I know that His word is real. I know His word is true, and that I can trust Him. So she closed her Bible and she put it on the floor and she stood on it. And she said, "This this is this is mine, and I'm standing on this. Come what may." So so she, you know, and I, I can guarantee you that she dug around in there looking for stuff in the Word to, to hold on to specific things. Because yes, this whole thing belongs to you. That's absolutely true. Every every chapter, every verse, every line. But you want to find something specific that, that you can stand on. You want something that this is mine. And don't don't be afraid to, to presume a bit. You know, don't be shy. It's like you find something in there you know, I'm 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 not one to presume. You know, I'm I'm the I'm the guy that will pass by the the free candy basket because, like, well, I, it says free, but what if I take one and somebody looks at me and says, "Hey, what are you doing?" And that's just kind of my personality, and so I I don't typically get down on the on the freebies, but uh, you know, the in the Word of God, He wants you to have some boldness. It's it's like when you go to you go to somebody's house and and they they tell you to make yourself at home. Don't be shy. You know, dig around in my cabinets. Find something that you want. And uh, you know and I, I hate when people do that to me because I don't want to dig around in their cabinets. It makes me uncomfortable. But but when somebody comes to my house, I need it. I'm like seriously, dig around in there and look for something. And. Uh, you know, my, my, my kids got to have a, a sleepover with uh, Bob and Heidi now that they are Baldwinians. And, uh, and uh, you know, it was really fun because uh, uh, Bob and his siblings were that same age when uh, as my kids when, when we were about his age. And so we always had them over and had a great time and fed them all kinds of junk. And so Bobby was telling me that they had a really great time and, and he's like, you know, to this day, every time I smell ramen noodles, I, I picture that house you guys lived in back then when I was little, and and it just takes me right back. So, you know, I, I love having people come over and dig through my, my fridge. That's great. But, but like I said, I'm not one to do that. But God wants you to, don't be shy. Find something in the Word and, and say, you know what? This is mine. I, I, I'm, I'm taking this. You know, and and you, you yep exactly you grab it you hold on to it this is mine and and you don't let it go and so uh, so we resist him in the faith then 
with the, with the Word of God. So this is mine, and you're not taking it. And so you get established then because you have to. Because uh, the, the, harder, the harder the wind blows, the more you have to be anchored down, the more you have to be paying attention. You've, you've seen my, my big white box that I, I drive occasionally, or, or work van. That was really fun driving up the other day when the winds were gusting 50 miles an hour on the interstate and driving along like, but you know, and I, I kind of wished for some sort of anchor to the ground lest I blow away. Got out of the van and started shouting Auntie M. But you, so you you need something to hold you down when that stuff comes at you, and and so that's why God talks about us like trees. Because trees put down roots, and the the harder the wind blows, the deeper the roots dig in, and and so the Bible says that the the man that trusts in the Lord would be someone that let me just read it. You probably know what I'm talking about in Jeremiah 17. You don't have to go with me over there, but I want to quote it right. I've always been fond of God talking about us being like trees. And uh, I'll just read the whole passage because it's really great. Thus saith the Lord in verse 5, Cursed be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm and his heart departs from the Lord. He shall be like a heath in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness and the salt land not inhabited. So that's bad. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes. But her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So, so we put down roots, and, and you get you get there with uh, the wind blowing, and and the, the thing is coming against you. So, so he says, the God of all grace, back over in First Peter five, who has called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So, so God accomplishes those things then, uh, because it feels pointless when it's happening. You know, when you're uh, when the enemy wants to fight with you, it feels about as worthless as the kid picking on you at school. And you can't you can't imagine what, why, this is this is dumb, and uh, uh, but it but it, it makes a difference because you get those things in the Word of God, you get established on them, you get strengthened on them. And then someday you'll be talking along with somebody and they'll say something about the things in their life and you'll understand exactly what they're saying. And, and you know exactly what they need because you've been exactly where they are and you can tell them exactly what they need to hear with an authority and a no-so attitude of, I, I have been where you're at and this thing that I'm telling you, this works. And, and I can tell you it works because it worked for me. So, so it makes it makes those things seem more worthwhile, and and really they are. And going through those things with the Lord does indeed make them worthwhile. Uh, go with me to uh, Ephesians six. You know, going through difficult things uh, gives us a chance to uh, practice enjoying the journey because. Going through difficult things isn't nearly so bad when you go when you're going through them with someone you love. You know when when you when you have that sense of companionship and we're on the same team here, we've got the same goal, and uh, going through things that way, uh, it, it makes it not seem so bad. And and uh, and certainly we can have that with the the people around us, but we can have that with the Lord where we we go to Him. And, and we get established and strengthened and settled in Him and in His love for us because more than anything, that's what the enemy is after, is to shake your sense of confidence in God's love. He, he's, he's really got a pretty skinny playbook. That's pretty much what everything that he does boils down to, is I want to make you feel like God doesn't love you. I want to plant some kind of doubt in your mind that God is upset about something. Okay, well, well, what? What, what, is, what is God upset about? 
Well, I'm not really at liberty to say, but uh, um, but but I can tell you the pastor knows about it. Sunday school teacher knows about it. I can tell you that your best friend knows about it, and everybody knows about it but you. And they're just waiting for God to jump out from behind the corner and say, "Gotcha! I've got you with this thing, and you're caught in it, and now you're you're just doomed." And see, it sounds that ridiculous when you say it out loud. But when it's in your head, it's, it's a little different. Because you, you kind of feel like you're walking on marbles a little bit. And, and, and like I, I, we talked about this before, you have an adversary that wants to take advantage of your honest desire to be pleasing to God by insinuating that you're not. And, and, and that there's, there must be something there. And... You know, I, when, he, when he does that to me, I always tell him, okay, well, if there is, then God will, God will show me. And, and until he does, I'm going to operate on the assumption that there's nothing there because I know God, God loves me. And, and if, if he was unhappy with me, he would tell me specifically what it is, not just stand there, his arms crossed, waiting for me to figure it out. That's, that's not how God is. I know people, I've known people who deal with problems that way. It's like, well, if you really knew me, you would know what to do right now, you know. And that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's like, communicate, tell me. <laughs> and, 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 and that's what God, what God does. You know, God will, he will communicate with you and tell you. There, there's, there's certainly something to be said for getting to know someone and figuring out uh, the way they think and figuring out what they would want ahead of time, you know, that's that's a great thing in relationship. But when it comes to dealing with issues, I think it's really important to talk about it openly. And and so and so God does that because He values the relationship, and so He will tell you, look, there's this thing. Let's deal with it, and uh, and and He'll make sure that you see it. And if you don't see it, He will make sure that you see it. So so you you just it's a win-win. Kind of thing. You just you can't you can't lose with him. So finally, my brethren, verse ten, chapter six. Uh, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And that's that's the thing. Something that I, I I have to stop and key on is because you know I'm kind of talking all this. You know, get your game face on, suit up, and show the devil some some bravado. And you should. You should. But but. You need to do that with the understanding that you're being backed up by the power of God, Amen. and so and that is, it's the difference, you know. There's because there's there's dynamite power and there's authority power, and behind you you have the authority power of God, and so so that's when you you suit up and and you get your game face on, and the devil comes at you, and and instead of quaking in your boots, you tell him, I'm going to knock your teeth down your throat. That's, and you can go to hell. Because you will. And, and so, you know, you can, you can prophesy to him, go thou to hell. And you know that it will happen. Eventually. So, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So, so you, you resist those things that he that he brings at you, you stand there. You know, I mean, have you ever seen somebody just throw a fit and get angry and shout and throw things and and just generally throw a fit? And the person that they're throwing the fit at just kind of stands there calmly. Mm-hmm. Are you yeah. done? Then? Yeah. Are you done? Anything else? Might as well get it out now. You know, so, you know, um, I, I got picked on a lot when I was a kid and my parents tried to teach me that if you don't, if you don't show them that it bothers you, eventually they'll stop. And I, I kind of, I fought with them about it, my parents about it, because I didn't believe them because I didn't resist long enough. And so, it, because, you know, to me, it's like, well, I didn't react when they said something to me, and they just kept going. <laughs> and, and I don't know how many times my dad said, "Well, why don't you hit them?" 
And I said, because I'm short and fat and they're tall and muscular. That's why. You know, and looking back, I kind of wish I would have hit a few people, to be quite honest. Um, by the time I was in high school, I had kind of developed a, a bit of a, a mouth where it was, wherewith I fought back uh, to, to cover up my, you know, how much it bothered me that people said things to me like that. And nobody talked to me about it, but all of my friends came to this conclusion. They they would have these talks like, you know, someday Greg is going to say the wrong thing to the wrong person, and they're going to snap. And that did, in fact, happen, actually, where I, I did have one guy actually assault me, but uh, um, well, be that as it may. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, is you can't go into, you can't, you don't want to avoid a fight because you're afraid you're going to lose it, you know, because, because avoiding the fight simply empowers this bully to just keep bringing it on. Um and that, that and I can tell you that's true from my childhood. That's what I did. I, I avoided confrontation with people until I had kids that were uh, out of my age range enough I didn't know who they were that knew who I was and they knew what to pick on me about. And I thought, how I know this is a little town, but it's not that little. I don't even know who you are. And uh let's see, if I would have stood up to somebody early on then it, it could have just put a stop to all that. And uh, like, well, yeah, you could pick on him, but, you know, like those, those, those quiet kids will snap eventually. And like, I already saw him snap once and not do it again. You know, I don't know. But that's all free. But the thing is, is um, so far my children seem to be popular, so, uh, which makes me kind of uh, uncomfortable. I mean, I guess I like them being popular. I suppose it's better than being the, the unpopular target kid, but I don't know. Just, it's, it's interesting. Never never thought I'd see the day my kids were the popular kids. But Anyway, so put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God, which may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And this word wiles is a really interesting word. And it's, it's this Greek word where we get the word method. And so, so he has a method. It's this orderly procedure. That's why I say he's got a skinny playbook. Because he pretty much just does the same thing every time. Like he might, just, he might say it a little differently or he might come at you from a different angle. But like I said, it's, it's always this thing of God's not happy with you. You didn't win. And, and so he, he likes to come at you with that because his goal is, is to uh, make you feel like you can't trust in your armor because, because all your armor comes from God. And, if, and if, if God is your armor and God's not happy with you, then he might not protect you. And so, so he, he want, he, that's all the enemy is after is, is your faith. And, and we're going to get to that. Uh, some more here in a minute. Says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Hey, why didn't my dad tell me that? Call uh, fire down out of heaven on these heathen. <laughs> we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, marginal translation says wicked spirits in heavenly places. So, so we're you know that's the thing that you're fighting against. So, when you're talking to somebody and uh, you're dealing, you're working through an issue, you have to ask yourself, now who's my adversary here? Is it the person I'm talking to, or is it the adversary? You know, and it makes a big difference. I mean, how many times have you seen Ron deal with somebody that wanted to fight with him, and and he doesn't? Fight back at them, you know. He fights past them to the to the problem, the real problem, you know. And and so that's very instructive for us uh, because um, the enemy loves to come against you with the people that you deal with, you know. And and especially if you're dealing with somebody who's going through something difficult, then 
the enemy can uh, really likes to kind of twist their uh, emotions around until they can uh, lash out at you, and and then it kind of makes you not really want to help them, and that's that's when you you do help them and you recognize that well, you know this isn't them this is this is that voice this is that adversary and so I'm going to get between them and that and and, and I'm going to I'm going to resist the devil I'm going to resist his his temptation to me to get angry I'm going to resist the temptation to just quit I'm going to I'm going to endure this and, and get through to the other side because I know God has an answer. And so, you know, whenever I'm talking with somebody through an issue or something, that's kind of what I, I, I listen, but in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, God, you have an answer. You know, I don't have an answer. You have an answer. And so that's what God does. So verse 13, Therefore take to you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. So, so then he's talking about this armor. You use it to endure. You use it to resist. Use it to withstand. Stand, therefore, with your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. I like the breastplate of righteousness. When you, it's interesting, when you go back to Exodus, they, they, for the high priest, they made the breastplate of judgment. But it was made of blue and purple and scarlet and linen. So it's this divine and royal uh, righteousness, and 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 that's then and it's like this tunic uh, that's, go, that's part of this this breastplate, and uh, and so you know this breastplate of righteousness is 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 of course the righteousness of Christ. That we put on, you know, God says, "Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ to make no provision for the flesh." So, so it's like suiting up, get your armor on, and so you you put on that breastplate, and and that you know, if you are trying to be, or trying to avoid being hit by uh, a projectile of some sort, this is going to be the area that you're most concerned about, and it's the biggest target on you. And so, so you have the righteousness of Christ is, is your armor that, that, that covers you. And he says, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I like that. I think of it as the, the gospel combat boots. You know, so, you, know you, see, you see those Roman soldiers with the little sandals with the strappy things. And, and that's great. But I like boots. You know, like I, I picture a soldier. I picture he's got boots on, or she's got boots on. Maybe pink camo, but <laughs> or blue. Could be blue camo. I don't know. My daughter likes purple. Um, but you know the thing about this, about the boots, about the the having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, is it's for bruising Satan's head. Protects your feet, protects your feet from from him, because he told Eve, or I mean, he told the devil in Genesis three. He told the serpent, because you've done this, you're going to crawl in the valley. I'm going to put uh, enmity between you and the woman, and you're going to bruise her heel, but she's going to bruise your head. So, so we can still bruise his head, but now we've got some, we've got shoes on. Now, if I was going to fight a snake, I would definitely want my shoes on. We, there was a snake in our our little trash enclosure earlier this year, and uh, it just so happened that I had sandals on, and uh made me nervous. It was a pretty good-sized snake. I don't like snakes. I don't like the outdoors, particularly, and uh, <laughs> I, I grew up inside reading books, so you know, I, I'm not, not one to go wandering around picking up animals and things, so... Kind of makes me cringe when we go places and my son picks up a snake and he's like, "Look, Dad!" <laughs> like, hey, Cynthia, you want to get this one? <laughs> and see, she grew up different than I did. She she'll get in there and you know hold the snake if she must. Of course, she loves her children more than I do, apparently. <laughs> no, mothers are just like that. Yeah. But. Uh, 
Um, so, uh, so there's this snake, and uh, it was in this little bucket thing, and I, I kept, I was kind of trying to disturb its home enough to just sort of make it go away. I was kind of hoping it would just go away. And uh, plus, I just didn't want to come back out there in the dark sometime and forget it was there, you know, snake being a snake and all. And uh, I, I, w- I told Cynthia about the snake, and she said, well, we should kill it. Yeah, we should kill it. And so, I'm, I'm still in my sandals. You know, I should have got some shoes on. You know, and so, I'm here. The snake is here. And Cynthia's over here, armed with a shovel. And, uh, you know, we're, we're disturbing the snake. Bothering the snake. And the snake is obviously getting agitated. And... There's a little fence. It's a miniature privacy fence. This little picket, and it's really cute, but it doesn't touch the ground necessarily. And so, the the, the uh, I'm on the outside of the enclosure. It's inside, and the snake eventually decides it's had enough, so it decides to go after the guy in the sandals. So, I jumped out of my sandals. <laughs> With, uh, the dubious protection of my sandals, uh, with a, a most unmanly yelp, <laughs> and uh, to be quite honest, and uh, um, while I had it distracted, which was my mo all along, then Cynthia rather forcefully separated its head from the rest of it with the edge of the shovel, and so so if you need. A snake killed, and I will show up with my sandals and Cynthia. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I thought, wow, that's... I was like, hey, look at you. Like, Cynthia, the snake slayer. You know? And, like, you know, like, man, the devil better watch out. You mess with this girl. Take you out with a shovel. So... So the so the the gospel combat boots then you know you've got protection for your feet and you can stomp on his head with it bruising Satan's head <sighs> instead of yelping and jumping away it takes practice it takes practice and above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked I like how he says above all. Because, you, because you've got to have faith in your armor. You know, David, when he went to fight Goliath, he put on Saul's armor, but um, it, was, you know, it didn't fit right. He hadn't he hadn't tried it out. He hadn't fought in it. He hadn't practiced in it. So he's like, no, no, this isn't gonna work for me. You got to have faith in your armor. So so we strap on the armor and we get to practice. And uh, and so I like how he says above all. The, the the faith being uh, being that key thing, and you know I always picture some guy catching these flaming arrows on this really big boss-looking shield, and you know, the thing about um, about those um, fiery darts is it's like an accusation because you know it comes sailing at you and it, and and it sticks you and you can pull it out like you know. Well, I don't. I'm, no, that can't be right. I don't. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. And but it, you're still on fire. You know, you pull it out. It's like, wow, that really burns. You know, and and that's exactly what God means to do because that's what an accusation does is is that it leaves that lingering sense of well, but what what if? Well, what if he's right? And that's what I said earlier. It's like well, if it is then God would show me and and not only would he talk to me about it, but he would show me what to do about it and I would leave the whole thing feeling better about it instead of feeling this sense of uh, impending doom and this, this dread that somehow God is out to get me. So the shield of faith wherewith you may be able to quench I like that word quench because it puts out the fire. Like Not only does the arrow not stick in you but you don't get burned either. 
to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation. David said, you have covered my head in the day of battle. You know, so that's that's exactly what what we need is we need that that salvation. This is it's like I I've got this. The salvation belongs to me, and ain't nobody gonna take it from me. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And uh, the thing I like about the sword is it's both uh, it's an offensive weapon, but you all you can also defend yourself with a sword. So I like that because that's exactly what Jesus did in the wilderness in Matthew four. He he defended himself with the word of God, but he also you know he he knows how to fight back with the word of God, and so that's what we learn how to do. So and praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So so we we get on our armor and we practice, and and we not only you know, pray about the issues in our own life, but we pray for other people because it sets you up to to reap the the very things that you're sowing. And and uh, you know, uh, I really enjoy war movies and things, and and you always hear those guys like real soldiers. You always hear them talking about you know, you know, you're not you're not fighting for you know baseball and apple pie and stuff. You're fighting for the guy next to you. And and so that's why the enemy always wants to try and, and and create division within the body because if if you don't care if the guy next to you gets shot then that's not going to really do you much good. But uh, but when you're paying attention to the people around you and you're and you are you're committed to them coming through the battle successfully just like you are, then uh, that's that's what we want to have. So. Jesus, we thank you for this day and for all of your blessings and uh, for your word to us. God, I just pray that you would remind us of these things. God, it's it's easy to 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 have the the confidence uh, and bravado in these things when we're when we're here gathered among the saints. Lord God, it's another thing on Tuesday morning when the enemy is coming against us. God, but I pray that you would put in us that boldness. God, to, to stand on these things, Lord God, because it it works just as well then as it does any other time. And I, I pray for that, that sense of, uh, of tenacity to hold to You and to Your Word and to, to withstand the things that the enemy is doing and to have, have patience when it comes against us that knowing that if we resist him long enough, then he'll quit. And we just pray it and ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Reminds me uh, of uh, of the story that Ron tells about the the guy telling, "Well, I just can't say no to this. I just can't resist this temptation." And Ron says, "Well, I'm going to kiss you now." He says, "What? I'm going to kiss you now," and commenced to trying to kiss him with everything that he had. And that guy fought and fought and fought him. And finally, Ron quit. And he said, when, when were you going to quit fighting with me? And he said, when you quit trying to kiss me. So, I, I had been thinking about that. I, I, I thought that was a great example of what resistance is really all about. Because you, you, don't, you don't quit until that thing quits. So, all right, you guys.